Hi, and welcome to another Making Sense of It with me, Jeremiah Lathwaite, Cripplebottom. And me, Timothy Postlethwaite. <laughs> That's such an ordinary choice that you went for. Was it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, she definitely work harder if you're going to do a fake name. Oh, I don't even remember what my name was, but I know that it was better than that. Oh, I can do it again. Go on. You start. <laughs> <laughs> my name's Lorraine Quantlebury Flip Flop Chimps Bop <laughs> Lee. And I. <laughs> And I'm Frederick von Geigenhuber, Flock Snigenhaben, Hruk Tubengriebe, Flock Snabel. That was good. That better. That was way better. Yeah. That was way better. Not just like, you know, was George the... Swetson. <laughs> I mean, Chad Penison. God, you know, somebody mentioned that you do really bad dad jokes, and you do. Bad dad jokes. Just then. Bad That wasn't dad a, jokes. Bad, a bad joke. I don't do bad dad jokes. He looks... Okay. Yeah, I don't... <laughs> okay. So, anyway, catching you up from last week's podcast, we have now officially been to see Emma, the Hugging Saint. I have to say, she didn't appreciate my suggestion that she and I probably had nearly the same name so that I could take over. I don't think that went down very well. I also don't think she understood. Didn't you whisper that in her ear? <laughs> she whispered something unintelligible in my ear, but it was nonetheless very comforting. Yeah. So we go down to Surrey. It's a bloody long way where we went. We had to go all the way down to uh, the Sandown. Sandown race course. And basically we were really well looked after. We didn't have to do the kind of the ordinary queuing and stuff, but we took the kids, went and stayed in the days in, always classy. Had a night there, got ourselves up in the morning, got ourselves ready, went to Sandown, got met by a woman called Meredith and a woman called Jules, both utterly wonderful people that you just love to have as mates. And then we got unbelievably looked after. But it was so elaborate, guys. If you ever go and see Emma, and she comes like once a year, definitely. And actually, for anybody who's interested, because I just, I kind of love this stuff. Me and Peter have been talking about the fact that, you know, we had a hug off what is considered a living God by many of her followers. Yep. That isn't something that I believe. I don't believe that she's a living God. I think she's like a miracle of a woman. She's somebody who's done more for the world than I'll ever even get a chance to do. She's incredible, so I'm not going to deny that. But I will say that when I actually went and had my hug, I did feel really, really kind of comfortable. And mm. my eldest son said, you know what, when we said, I thought it'd be dead awkward, like hugging some Indian woman that I've never met. And yeah, I hugged her and it felt really natural. And it's funny, and I've not really talked to you about this, Pete, but it was a conversation I had with my friend yesterday and she just said, I wonder whether that hug's maybe had an impact because honestly, the last few days, I have felt, not yesterday, but the day before particularly, like floored with feeling anxious and depressed. Like really, really, really like hardcore, didn't want to get out of bed, wanted to cry, all the things that loads of us go through, and I know it's just dead normal, it's a human condition that you have moments like that, but things have been really difficult. We've talked about it on this podcast, things have been really challenging for us, and, and the last few years, and that's the same for everybody. I don't know one person that hasn't had some struggle, it's just life, mm. and it's like we always say, repeat my mantra, undertake to do it joyfully, and most of the time I can, but I couldn't the other day, and I just felt really broken, and didn't really know what to do about it, but 
one of the things I was reading online about people going for a hug with Amma is that some people have these complete epiphanies of like moments, some people have nothing, and some people feel absolutely depressed. Do you think that cleanse? Almost like you're creating a reckoning with yourself about your mortality, about what you do in this world, about the meaning you have in this world, about the difference between you and other people. Because you will go on, and if anybody's ever listened to this blog or vlog um, or listened on iTunes, you will have heard Pete go on as if basically I should be carried around on a satin cloth, like, you know, cushion with rose petals thrown in front of me because I'm such a wonderful human being. But I know, and you guys know, that like I'm incredibly average and that's okay. But it doesn't mean that in my heart, I don't feel that I'm doing things that I need to do more of now that I'm not affording myself the opportunity to do because I've got to earn money. So like I have a real massive desire to just do free therapy and to just speak to the world in that way. And that's why I do my clinics. That's why I do my free work. And, and it's such a minimal amount. And then you go somewhere like that where a woman has just kind of devoted her life. And don't get me wrong, she doesn't have a bad life at all. She has a great life. She's well looked after, you know. She eats great food. She has lovely people following her around. But it's more that you kind of look at somebody like that and you're like, every time I think that my life is challenging or every time I think that I'm working hard, you kind of look at people like that and you're like, every one of her volunteers who works full-time but they still go and they follow her around taking time off for their holidays to look after her instead. Yeah. The way that they feed you, love you, cook for you, protect you, make you feel like you are important no matter who you are. And everyone was given that same opportunity. You just sit there and you're like a bit humbled. So I don't know whether it was just the experience or maybe it is to do with the fact she's more transcendental. Maybe you do kind of connect with something. But it just kind of has really surprised me that I had that particular few days of just feeling like... I'm really going to struggle to mm. even move today. I don't even know what to do. Like I spent all of my Saturday just like hold up, just reading, just not doing anything, just yeah. like not moving. And at the same point, it's like one of those things that I was bringing back to the initial comment, which is if you are interested in going and seeing Amory, you are interested in any of that, her shwami is actually going to be spending quite a lot of time in London. So they're letting you kind of now connect with her shwami. Right. That's like one of her main devotees, who is also <laughs> like somebody who connects with meditation and does a is lot of the, their meditation. Is this the guy who was second in charge? Or is He's the, the guy, guy who does the meditation. Right, so yeah. 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 Did, we, did we meet, did we see that guy? Yeah, so Shwami V was the one who was at the youth comms rooms. Yeah, he's, he's had his hair cut though, hasn't he? Yeah. I thought so, yeah. Yeah, grey-haired guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but he's had his hair cut because yeah. Yeah, I thought he had. Yeah. Yeah. It was really, it was mad. It was mad, wasn't it? It's really elaborate as well. I will let you speak in a second, Pete. It's really <laughs> no, elaborate. I'm, not, I'm actually listening because, you know, I'm just... It's, so it's... we went in, got taken up to this sand down race course. It's funny because I'm a vegetarian. You might not have known that if you've not listened to any of the others. <laughs> yeah, so am I. Yeah, we're vegetarian. But anyway, race courses are never somewhere I'd be ever. But we did get to go in one of these really expensive boxes whilst we waited and we ate pretzels and stuff and we looked out. So I did kind of see what rich people look at when they're going and watching a weird thing like racehorse running I don't know um anyway we kind of went down got taken there sat there there was a meditation for an hour around an hour wasn't it really that we were all yeah. sat down there a group meditation with thousands of people yeah it was, crazy. it was insane and my kids both did it and they really enjoyed it and um at the end of it everyone starts like going up to the stage and everything's really organized and there's four seats in five rows and yeah. then basically the people at the end and the three rows in, they all move forward to kneel and move forward to get one individual hug. If you're a family like we are, the mother goes at the end and then she embraces everybody at the end of that. So it's two hugs basically for everybody in a family. She yeah. does it that way. But we were just sat there. It's so funny. We're not very good at asking for stuff, me and Pete. And we're sitting there and there's one point where Pete goes, 
do you think we've been missed? And I was like, I don't know, let's not say anything, it's fine, it doesn't matter. And we kind of were doing that, and then they came and got us, didn't they? And then yeah, off we yeah. went, and I have to say, she's one of the best smelling things I've ever been near. Yeah, I saw, did you see what they were oh, doing? See what they were doing? She yeah, like amazing. Um, see, the thing with, with Amma and, and her crew, the squad, so... They make. I don't they think have, that they're known as a squad. Well, you know, I think they're called devotees. people that are like, you know, listening, you know, squatted up. She's squatted up to the max. But they, they have like factories where they make all of the perfumes and everything's you know, sold to make and, money. And everything's yeah. sold to make money for the charity to, to give to people. You know, so that's what they do. So they were wiping uh, every after every so many cuddles. They had these sticks, like sense uh, incense sticks, like perfume sticks. And they were just wiping over a, a thing. But she did, yeah. I mean, when you get, you go right under the arm, it was like under her armpit, you know. And she, she just smelled wonderful, you know. And she said something different to you. It began with B. Well, mine was different to that. And you got that. It was and like, bully lolla bolla, bully bolly lolla bolla, bully bolly lolla bolla. That's all I can say. Yeah. And, then, and then she did something different for the family as well. Yeah, she was lovely. And then we had this hug, but I got it wrong because basically most people realise that when somebody hugs you, you put your head to the side, but I just went front on. So I literally nearly suffocated. <laughs> and it went on for quite a while because then she hugged the whole family. But I didn't want to like break away because one of them was yeah. rude. Well, but secondly, I was enjoying how she smelled. Yeah, she threw rose petals over us. We were given a bracelet. She yeah. chose us to have bracelets. And we were like, oh, I got a bracelet. And then you're like, don't be competitive. Yeah. Don't be competitive, guys. Because not everybody gets not a bracelet. Not everyone gets an apple and a bracelet. And I'm yeah. like, don't think that. That's the wrong way to be thinking right now. But I'm so glad I got a yeah. bracelet. And then what happened? Well, then she decided at that point, because obviously people have been waiting months, years to meet her. Has a set of people at her feet. On the left and right side, one of her shawamas will stand and an individual with a question will come. A little bit like you'd say in the Bible when there were people who would, they'd seek information mm. from like Moses, you'd go and for see God, Let's look at Gandhi it, yeah. in the modern age. And I remember a story of Gandhi, which was when people would queue up to ask for his information, you know, his guidance. And there was a woman who brought her son and said to Gandhi, I want my son to stop eating sugar. Can you tell him to stop eating sugar? And he said, come back in two weeks and I'll tell him to stop eating sugar. So two weeks later, she came back, goes up to Gandhi and goes, there's a son. And he goes, stop eating sugar. And she says, why did you wait two weeks to do that? And he said, because two weeks ago, I was eating sugar. So to some degree, that's always been part of Indian tradition. It's certainly been part of Christian well, tradition. And uh, So Amma's so actually been, I was looking through it and she's been given, I think it's like a humanitarian award or some, something major, some major award. She's got a few. One from the Gandhi Foundation. Yeah, Gandhi Foundation. So, yeah. so people on each side have a shwami with them and they hand over the questions. And people are asking about the families, they're asking about whether they should come and follow her on a more permanent basis. It's all this. But then to that, the side of those and back, she lets people sit around her feet that she feels she wants there. Well, she bloody cleared a space for me, Pete, and the kids. The kids ended up sitting on the seats. Yeah. But at her feet. And we were like, whoa. And honestly, right, I know, like, you shouldn't get compared to the people behind us were. They were like so angry that we were put in front of them. Yeah. And I was like, oh God, I feel really bad now. But we sat there for about an hour, didn't we? And it was lovely. Yeah. She keeps smiling at you. And I know it's really weird, but she smiles in a way that is familiar. Yeah, she smiles is. at you like you're her family. Yeah. Like, I, mean, I mean, people who are listening to this might think, oh, what, it's, it's a bit crazy that, isn't it? You know, but to be fair, it's, it's, you've got to... You've got to be there to understand the energy that's on in, in there. There is, you know, there's people that are really, really into meditation and really into the way of life with it. And they're there, they sit on the stage and meditate, they sit around meditating, you know, 
And then there's the, the, the followers, not well, followers. Devotees. Devotees. Followers is a totally wrong word. But the devotees who sit and, and they take turns in helping, doing the things and then making sure that, you know, that things are going okay. But the energy and the, 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 the relax, the, it's like, I don't know, I can't, it's hard to describe. Someone said before, if you get the option to sit on the stage, sit on the stage because, <coughs> you know, it's pretty hectic sometimes, but the energy that's there is, is, is it's flowing and it's, it's, it's something different. And I did find that, I, I found it was interesting, you know, and as chaotic as it could be when there was people coming in and getting the cut. Very organised. Yeah, uh, it was very organised. But the way she was turning around and smiling at you. Well, that's because I've been at the youth conference. She knew I was one of the speakers, so yeah. that's just part of that but I know what you mean, more corporate com- thing. But the comfort inside of it. Yeah, was, she was really sweet. Yeah, but we've done it now. We've done it. So we, we're officially, we've done it. We might never do it again. Although we've been invited by email to also go meet Shwami, um, Shwami B. When we are in London, he said, well, private audience with him to have a chat. Oh, wow. Which would be nice. And maybe that's about more going over to India and doing a bit of a pilgrimage. Right. Which is really interesting for people who don't apply a religion. So I'm not a religious person. Like, I don't have a religion. We've talked about that before. I do have faith. Um, but I kind of think that the only thing that I can't get my head around is that Amma's belief system is all about karma. So karma, I'm sure you've all heard the phrase karmic experiences, I hope you get karma, you know, karma, karma gets you, um, you'll get your karma, all of those things. And the idea is that if you act a certain way, then you should be paid back in some way. So the thing about the Hindu religion, and particularly the area that Amma non-traditionally sticks to, because she's a non-traditionalist as far as Hinduism goes, but she definitely has that Hinduistic kind of like belief system. And it's all about karma. So like basically if you're a kid born with brain cancer, then you obviously did something really bad in your last life. That's bullshit, in my opinion. Like, it's absolute bullshit. Because that's like saying, like, you know, you get murdered by the psychopath. The psychopath did something in the last life, which means now it's okay for them to psychopathically kill you. I don't believe in that. Well, but I understand the premise of it. I think it's a really simple premise, mm-hmm. which is if you teach people that rule, then more people will be good to each other, right? So I get it. Yeah. I wonder, I wonder if it's worth, that's worth a discussion. If we're going, mate, is it Swami B? Swami B, yeah. But just saying that though, I was doing Evan's RE homework. Our boys go to a church school because it's a really small one and it's just got a brilliant no bullying and they've both been dead happy there. Mm. It's very church. And they go there and they have to do RE as a compulsory subject, which is fine. And my youngest has just kind of started doing his GCSE in it. And he said that he had to do something on the sacraments. I'm not the sacraments, sorry. He had to do something on good works leads to salvation. And interestingly enough, that's like karma. So it basically says that if you are a Christian, particularly a Catholic Christian, then you must do good works to get into heaven. So basically, it's not enough to just have absolute faith in God. You have to work in a way, whereas Christians, as in the more Protestant, believe that faith in God is all you need, faith in Jesus, as it was in what he was doing, and that would mean that automatically, the way you live... The way you know the way you live would automatically right, be through Jesus. Yeah. Therefore, the works yeah. that you do will be good. But you can't then go, well, yeah. you did less work than me, and I did more work, because yeah, yeah, then yeah. it becomes competitive. So I guess that every religion, a Buddhist, you'll come back as a rock. Yeah. If you've been really bad, you'll have to go through every like you're not going to get to Nirvana. Yeah. Unless you go Coming through. Coming back it all. as a rock's a bit of a nightmare, isn't it? Because they can hang around for years then. It's just the idea of gradually well, being washed away. Yeah. Well, you gradually get washed away. What if you're not? What if you're in a desert? Well, your sand. 
It just gets, yeah, millions. You'll still years. get washed away. The yeah. only thing that is completely the truth in any human experience or physical experience yeah. or an, an animal or, or plant is you decay. Yeah, you'd be or, devastated if you were like one of those, you know, like rocks that just, just proper solid, <laughs> just doesn't, doesn't go for millions of years. You'd be like, oh, you know. You know, but that would make you realise that the next one you'd be like, right, I'm going to go now. <laughs> you know? Or you might just be don't, like, well, you, that wasn't really that hard. I just stayed around see, for millions see, of years. Thing, so, a, lot of, a lot of religions are very, very similar, just uh, sort of traits and beliefs and yeah. ideologies around them, which, which, but in slightly tweaked and different, don't you? You know, like, so you say, well, yeah, Islam's like based karma. on Christianity. Yeah, 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 so. Judaism is the first Old Testament. And so yeah, it, of course. It is, it is just. You know, a pile of bullshit. Yeah, absolute, is, you know, absolute cack bullshit. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I absolutely believe that Amma is probably the closest I'll ever meet to a perfect human being, and I mean that sincerely. I yeah, think I she think... is the closest person I will ever meet to a perfect human being. I imagine I'd feel exactly the same about meeting Mother Teresa, Martin Luther King, yeah. you know, Gandhi, even mm. though they had their imperfections, everyone does. I think they're the most perfect you can be. They are devotion, yeah. and hey, that's it. Just a, just a but just disclaimer, religion, bullshit. Do oh, I respect yeah. anybody else's religion? No. I respect the people who have it. I'll like you as a human. I'll even spend time discussing what you think. Do I respect it? No. Well, that's, you know what? Just when you, when you, mentioned, you mentioned a couple of names there, a few names, it's Martin Luther King. Did you know, just a little bit of a fun fact here, this is a bit of a fun fact, is just before we go back to the conversation, you know the speech he did? I have, I a, have dream. a dream. Yeah? That wasn't his speech. He, he just said that off the top of his head. He had a speech written ready to do a speech on that day and it was completely different and two minutes before he went on he just went and put it down and just walked out and spoke from his heart yeah well that's you know did you know that he's an amazing yeah. writer well I didn't realise that I found out a few weeks ago and I was like no way like he was an amazing but it's writer. like something that you would write and prepare and that you know and it just came from his heart from you know so I um, got sent an email the other day after I'd been at this morning so I did this morning on Monday and again, any of you listening from America, Australia, I know we've got quite a lot of listeners from those areas who we love. We cannot express to you in South Africa as well. Yeah, no, yeah. Thank you for just caring enough to listen to these slightly elderly individuals in a kitchen. But we really appreciate it. And you oh, won't know. We all now slightly elderly individuals. Um, but I'm 44, like a couple of weeks. I'm 28. I'm sorry, I'm 29. Um, so basically, I'm being born yet. When people like get in touch with us, it's really lovely. But I do this morning, which is a TV show um, in the UK. It's a really successful TV show in the UK for the morning, and I've been doing that for about 10 years now. But I do a phone in. I tend to do it most weeks, but some weeks I don't. Um, but most weeks I do. So I did one on gender identity on Monday. Gender identity is something incredibly close to my heart. One, I'm incredibly LGBT, you know, QIA, conscious, MP, and all the others, because it's just something close to my heart. I've lived what I consider a non-conformist life. I don't identify very much as any kind of sexuality. I just identify as myself. Mm -hmm. Therefore, if I sleep with Pete, that's fine. And in my previous experiences, if I slept with a woman, that would be fine. It doesn't really define me. I wouldn't really care whether you're a trans person, apart from, do I like you? And I think that that's probably how a lot of people are starting to feel in life. 
I'm married to a man, so obviously I'm now classed as a heterosexual, yeah. even though I disagree with that um, and I don't live by that belief system, but that's fine. So it's close to my heart because I think I identify with that community and obviously because of my experiences in the past mm-hmm. and because my uncle's gay yeah. and lived a horrible life because it was illegal when he was young. So I am quite committed to LGBTQA rights. I, I am. Well, absolutely, I know that. But for, you know, trans... I have a particular connection with purely because I've been really blessed and for whatever reasons in my therapy, I have had the privilege of working with several recent social transitions of children who are under six. And before anybody starts writing me abuse, my job as a practitioner is to unconditionally positively regard every single client that I ever work with, whether that's on a Skype call, independent assessment for a television show, or whether it's in my therapy room. My job is to believe that you have all the knowledge you will require to figure out what it is that you need and want in your life. That is part of my ethical framework. I am registered as a practitioner and I can be sued as that practitioner if I fail to live by those ethics. When I talk about supporting an individual through a social transition program with support from agencies like the Tavistock Clinic, who they might be working with, or let's say Mermaids, which is the particular mm-hmm. conversation that provoked this, I'm going to use those pieces of information to share with people on a phone in because it's really, really important. Also, when, you know, it's it's with the show uh, this morning. They, they it's have, one of our helplines. It's one of the helplines. They have the trusted sort of helplines that they use in charities. And, you know, the thing about Mermaids is it's run by a mother who was affected by her own child being a trans child who wanted to transition to be a female. And the identity was that she was a female. At 16, it's illegal in the UK to have your child operated on. She took her child, her daughter, who wanted to transition physically to Thailand, and she had that operation. And her child is very, very happy that that happened because that child was very, very unhappy. It is not for me to judge a parent's choice. However, whether you agree with that or otherwise, she then decided to create a charity that other parents would not feel as alone as she did. And she's done an amazing job. And it's imperfect. It's imperfect, right? I'm imperfect. Any practitioner is imperfect. Any TV show is imperfect. It won't matter whether you have a hundred positive outcomes. If you have one that's negative, it will make the press and people will have assumptions about you. And right now people are saying that these kids are socially transitioning and medically transitioning when they shouldn't be doing. And my thing is, where is your evidence? Mm. There is one case that has had to apologise in the news because it was misquoted and misrepresented. Where a child has apparently been pushed down a position that they mother and father didn't want them to, and now I don't know where they are. But my transitions have stopped children going from being as young as five, suicidal. The idea that a child of that age can even feel that horrifies me. My own kids were worried about Tonka trucks and pushing their prams at five. But the truth is, as a practitioner, my job is to help that child feel safe and figure it out. And if they choose a pronoun, which is, I'm a girl, and I want to be called Laura, then power be to that child, because that means the likelihood for them mm. having anxiety and depression is online with the general population, yeah. as opposed to 50% mortality rate I don't as think, an adult. I don't think people realise, you know, the, the trans, it's, imagine, I tried to put it out there the other day, and I was talking to someone, imagine knowing that you're in the wrong body you know it's like well what their argument is is that some children who are autistic seem to identify more as trans and they're arguing that autism is the issue my argument having worked with autistic children and let me tell you having worked with autistic children as you'll know when i was running the mental health side of the college that you worked at 
I didn't want to work with autistic children. No. I didn't want to. They used to send me the kids and I'd be like, I am not a specialist. Children who are autistic, unless they're high functioning with an emotional quotient of understanding, I'm useless for them. They need somebody who really gets it. But I would still see them and I would still try. But what I recognised is the social constructs and boundaries that autistic children have, some, are not the same as the typical population. So the non-typical child therefore displays traits such as, well, I'm not going to stick to that boundary. Mm. For example, I'm going to come into your office and fart really loudly. And mm. I'm not going to even think about it because that's just normal. So same context. That's not saying that all autistic kids do that by any stretch of the imagination. But it's just the idea that kids who are autistic, thank God, don't always seem to toe the same traditional boundaries that other human beings feel the need archetypally to tread. So therefore, like they're more likely to come out and say, I actually identify as. It's not to do with autism. It's to do with the communication ability to say, this is how I feel. Yeah. So you can argue it both ways, but it's reductive. It's reductive because it comes down to this. That particular charity that I'm getting attacked at online because I've supported is endorsed by Department of Education, Prince Harry, millions of practitioners. Mm. But it's imperfect. Of course. There'll be mistakes. There'll be mistakes. Yeah. But, but they, not they, they, on the most part yeah. of it. I mean, the abuse that it's obviously... Oh, I don't care about the abuse. Care and to be fair with that therapist, he's got in touch with me today and has asked me to DM in. And I've just written back a load of stuff and a video to tell him why I won't be because I don't want a relationship with somebody who's going to say that stuff yeah. and that is peddling that lie. But I do believe, and I will say this, I believe he is coming from a good place. Right. His protective feeling is over children. Yeah. He's got four children of his own. So he's not a bad guy. It's just his belief system is different. Yeah, he needs to sort of put himself away from them, the transphobic That's community. But then are, you can't because the other yeah. thing is like, you need people on the side saying, no, this isn't right. You need people on the side saying, yes, this is. And somewhere in between you find what's right. Yeah. Okay, so, so I yeah. think what's happening, and what I've said on those tweets, if anybody wants to check out my Twitter, it's the e. Kenny, Emma Kenny TV, sorry, Emma Kenny TV. You'll see lots of threads about LGBT. Actually, ironically, nobody from the LGBT community has been supportive of me because I don't think they've seen it, but no. it's just real terrains and people saying they're just critically analysing it, but really it is trans hate. Um, and I understand it, but people are afraid if you've got a kid who comes home and goes, mum, I want to be uh, a, a girl and it's your son that you're dead proud of, it's going to be a struggle for you if you identify as being somebody who doesn't believe in it, for example. Much like we have sat with our boys since Pete arrived, which is when the kids were six and eight. They're young men now. And we've yeah. sat and we Bigger have... Than me. <laughs> yeah, we have sat. Not hard. <laughs> not hard. It's not hard, guys. When I met Pete, do you want a little story that detracts from this for a minute? It's important that we talk about this in a minute. When I met yeah. Pete, I kind of fancied him because he was... Just become single, vulnerable, broken. So I'd heard Like a him. little injured deer. Yeah, you called me. He called me because he wanted some advice. Not like as a practitioner, but he knew I'd been through a breakup and somebody got, oh, talk to Emma. So he called and I put my phone down after saying, get over it. She's not worth it. And I was like, ooh, a single man. Quite cute. But I didn't know how tall he was. So I sent somebody to find out. And uh, yeah, he lied. He said he was 5'11". He's 5'9 and a half. It's all right. It's only that much. Makes up for it in other ways. Makes up for it in other ways. But nonetheless. <laughs> Although that could just be in perspective of height. Yeah. Anyway. But the point is... Well, I don't, I don't know. I want to go down that road. Uh, no, it's not. Oh, I'm out of proportion in one way. So. You started it. Your nose is quite big, love. <laughs> it is. No, it it's is. not. It's, not. it's it a is. lovely nose. Um, so anyway, coming back to the point. Um, it's uh, one of those things where I, I kind of... I feel 
passionate about the discourse that is needed to promote a consensus amongst everybody. Mm. But the biggest thing that's kind of really stuck with me is I'm like, I'm getting attacked because I believe that everyone has a right to explore and receive support, even from imperfect situations and organisations like any organisation and situation is. But it just reminds me of like this position that we're at this amazing place, aren't we? Where like 25 years ago when we were at school, like nobody identified as trans, like nobody, literally yeah, nobody. Was, well, I, I didn't even know what it was, maybe when I was at school. But it wasn't something we talked about and of course it existed, yeah. but kids couldn't be it. So they killed themselves or they self-harmed or they grew into desperate adults. And, and I'm like, even though I'm getting all this negativity, I'm sitting there thinking, God, how wonderful is this? How wonderful is this that you can slate me, you can attack me, you can lie about me, you can involve me in threads of really yeah. no. awful shit. And all I can think is, it's all right to be trans. Yeah. What a great place. And we've talked to our boys. That was the point I was bringing up. Well, when... it's, you know, it's, it's, it is. It's the future, though. This is the future. Yeah. And there's, there was um, that comedian, the Manchester comedian, Sam's brother. Hey, Sam's, the, yeah. yeah. And at the end of his, he does all this, like, and he talks about, like, homophobia and, like, what people... And, he, and, he, and, he, and the last thing he says is, like, that's the future. Yeah. Get used, used to, to it. it. You know, like, know. it's not going backwards. I know. You know, we're not in Russia. You know what I mean? It says this is the UK and, you know... And, and yeah, but I think that's the thing, isn't it, though, about progression. The reason you have to keep pushing it is things can go back. You look at, for example, yeah, Afghanistan yeah. in the 60s compared to that yeah, now. Yeah, there yeah. is an issue where it can go yeah. back, well, so you always have to push it forward. Yeah. And that kind of rhetoric that I'm getting off those individuals, and any of you have got Twitter and Facebook, you know you can get all of that stuff. I don't even feel angry with them because I get it I get if you were a parent who didn't have that liberalism about you like with us we've sat with our boys from like I said six and eight and I talk about porn I talk about sex I talk about relationships I told them what kind of porn to watch if they're going to watch porn because I don't want them to not be able to get a hard on because they just want to see people getting hardcore fucked I don't want them to see that I want yeah. them to see stuff that's like engaged and loving and the woman looks like she's really having a good time and empowered because that's how they're going to really enjoy sex if they use porn if they use porn but the other side of it is we've always said to them listen boyfriend girlfriend, whatever you bring home, whatever you want, that's yeah. cool with us. But also, if you ever felt like you weren't really comfortable being who you are, no problem. Now, up until now, our boys have expressed that we feel like we're straight guys and we're cool with that completely. But they absolutely know, they absolutely know yeah. that if they want to come home one day and go, you know what, mum, I've got a boyfriend or I've got a polyamorous relationship with three other guys and a girl will be like, all power to you when are they coming around for tea? Yeah. And I am so glad... Just as long as can, we, can, we can help them stay safe with certain... But I'm know, so you know. glad that we ended up like that because it's a different road for different people. Like, maybe I wouldn't be like that if at 10 years old I hadn't been moving through my grandma's drawers and I found all my Uncle Derek's hardcore porn yeah, for yeah. back in the day, black and white. And I looked at them and I was like, why is my Uncle Derek looking at men? I didn't think, why has my gran got those in the door? At no point, funnily enough, did I go, oh, grandma's got some male porn. I just instantly yeah. knew that's my well, Uncle I, I Derek. Used to, I used to be um, sort of not included around sort of like uh, what people... Oh, do you know what? Do you know what? 
one of the things that Pete always likes to kind of say, and I'm going to say this because he might not say it in the way that <laughs> well, he really is loud and proud, is that he goes used to go out to lots of gay events, yeah, with his mates, and he was dead popular amongst the gays. And that was that. something that, but you know you're proud of it. And that's his thing, oh, I do all right when I'm out with, uh, with a group of gays. I'm quite popular. <laughs> I have a good time. But yeah, I've had some of the best. I know, but what I'm no. saying is, like, he's wearing one gold hot pants a lot. But I used to um, be around people that you know, had, had used... Calling people gay as, a, as as what they thought was funny and humorous to each other, you know, and but kids do that still. Yeah, they do, and and, and, and I just suddenly just it was just I, don't know, I never got it really. No, I never got it. No. You know, it's like why would you, especially when you knew gay, gay friends and stuff, you'd just be like, well, did the gay lads walk around being calling each other you're a straight fella, you? You know, I just didn't get it. You know, and that's sort of I, I don't know. I mean, I've as you know, I've chatted about this podcast about the way I've grown up and where I've been into things and stuff. You but know. you came from like quite a rough area. Your yeah, parents, yeah. I know you didn't get on that well when you were younger in the fact that things went wrong for you when you were a young teen and stuff. But I know that if you came out to your parents tomorrow, they'd be like, oh, whatever, I'll Pete. Do you know what I mean? They'd be like, oh, no problem. They'd love you yeah. exactly as you are. Your Obviously, brothers. because I, live, I, used to, I was brought up by Senator Millican. You Stop know, so. it. But your brothers as well, don't get me wrong, you might get a bit of banter off them because that's yeah. what they're like anyway. But... It's the fact that you kind of know, and I think I'm so blessed that I've grown mm. up in a family where we just accept everything. Yeah. And that isn't because of me, that's because of my parents. And even though my mum and dad, like if you saw Kay and Don, it's hilarious. We'll catch you up about Don in a minute. But Kay and Don, like I literally the other day was with my mum and I just went, everything I am to Pete is your fault. Because <laughs> I watch her with my dad and I'm like, oh my God, that's where I've learned to be that critical. Oh my God, that's why I go on about him eating too loudly. Honestly, it's do like... I, do I eat too loudly? Well, you shove too much in. That's not eating too loudly. But it's not that you do anything wrong with it. It's no, the, it's a, you know what? That's a completely different thing. No, you do... Eating too loudly you, is like... No, but... That's awful. I mean, I'd punch myself in the face. No, but when you've that. got so much in your mouth, it just can't help it. And sometimes you, 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 your jaw dislocates. Oh, I, just, I dislocate my jaw. And, and you swallow floor, badly, yeah. So, But the point is, loads of people do that. So my mum, because she does it to my dad, I picked that up and I'm like, why do you eat so fast? Just slow down eating. You're going to choke. And I'm watching her doing it. And I'm thinking, oh, I'm literally seeing myself. I'm seeing myself in 30 years and I don't like it. But it's that, that's aside, the jokes aside. I was brought up where my mum and dad were like, anything you were was okay. Like my mum used to go to me, just always make sure that you've got clean clothes on. Don't matter what you wear, make sure you've got clean clothes. And she'd always say, try to make sure your face is always made up. Like, yeah. That's something that, that was her life advice. Try and make sure your face is, make an effort with your face. Yeah, and I do. My face usually has an effort and the rest of me just is a striped t-shirt and skinny jeans. I can't do any more than that. My mum's super glamorous. She's working class, but she's super glamorous now. And there's this absolutely kind of joyful connection that I see now of being brought up in a family that I used to think just, I would say I didn't really appreciate how accepting they were. But now, I just know if I said, oh, Tide's going to be a, a trans woman. Yeah, yeah. They'd be like, all oh, right, okay, okay, yeah. cool, right, okay, we're, we're gonna have a cup of tea. And these people who are online, I also see that. I also see their fear. But, like I said, I feel really affected by and protected about a community that I just believe deserves a voice. Yeah, yeah. And parents who don't know what to do, and organizations that are there to support them, even if those organizations sometimes get it wrong. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. I but the re it's, it's mad, isn't it? I mean, that's, you know, uh, Ricky Gervais goes on about Twitter and he's like, you know, sometimes he joins in with them. Like, <laughs> half the time, it's just like he says, these people are just, 
you know, what, what was we've already talked about it on here that that sort of analogy. That the guitar says, player. Like, yeah, yeah, what was it? <laughs> he said, he said, Twitter is like this, right? You know, you go to a shop, you see a, seg- a sign that says guitar playing lessons available, and you ring them up and go, I don't want guitar playing lessons. <laughs> Why are you doing it? I don't want to. It's like putting your opinion on somebody that's just, just don't follow them. Don't listen to you know what I mean. It's like. It's preach from your soapbox on your five to fifty followers, whatever you've got, you know, and do that, you know, and then slate people. And but just, you know, that's a good analogy that by Ricky Gervais. You know, what I, mean? <laughs> I was re- <laughs> I was watching. So obviously, you all know because those of you who follow me, you all know that I'm obsessed with anything like dog videos, like <laughs> dog rescue videos. If I'm having a bad day, I will watch a hundred of the dog rescue videos. By the way, I've put myself down for dog fostering as well, so we're gonna have a house load of dogs soon. Yeah. But literally, I've tried old people as well. I've tried to find an old person for Christmas we can look after, but they're not doing it this year. I'm like, where do we find an old person who needs looking after? We've got to find someone. It's well, not fair. I'll find like somebody. That. I'll find somebody. But they've not done the scheme anymore. But the dogs were on for that. So I'm doing this dog rescue stuff. But sometimes I also watch things like Russell Brand, who's just hilariously in- inspiring or funny, but Russell Howard as well. I mean, Russell Howard. So I was watching a video about Russell Howard and it was just like, millennials are to blame for everything. <laughs> and he was like reading the headlines and he was like you know there's 70,000 starving children in you know this country but what about the fact that millennials don't like boobs anymore that's one of the headlines <laughs> but one of the things he was like you know that like all these things are going on and it's like millennials are causing an issue with avocado and he was like yeah he said run the corner what any avocado mate <laughs> hey I've got some guacamole and it's like it was just like oh my god it's so funny the way that the media is at the moment yeah. somebody actually wrote to me this morning I really appreciated it so by the way anybody who comments on our podcast on iTunes or on YouTube we read them all and we even when they're not nice, we do try to take it on board. But we read them all and we really appreciate it. And similarly, like when I get things on Twitter, a woman's got in touch and just wrote that my column for Close was a breath of fresh air. But she found it really hypocritical because on the next page there was something really insidious. But I was like, I just really appreciate you saying something nice. I wonder who that is. It was, (laughs) yeah, it was about somebody who was hot. I I do think I know who it was. And she said they peddle hates online. And I thought, oh, do you think I've had a few run-ins with that person? Yeah. But um, I just thought, God, and I wrote back and I just said, I do, I said, I see the hypocrisy and I can't do anything about that. But I just really appreciate the fact that you'd even take time out to do that. Thank you. And I don't take the bad stuff on. And I do think that's really interesting. Like the people who've been slagging me off this week, all I've said is like, can you just not include me in there? Yeah. Just slag me off with pleasure. I don't, I don't ever search my name. I never search my name. You do. I don't. I wouldn't even know. I don't even know when things are out. Somebody rang me today from the journalist thing and went, oh, I loved that. I loved your big piece in the uh, Guardian. I was like... Oh, great. Yeah, I don't, right. don't even know when that was. You're don't know phone, what like it was about. Times, two or three times a day to newspapers and what, three times a day to radio. Don't even know. Crazy. Don't even know, but thank you. And yeah. um, she was just laughing with me about that. But it's that sense of when people write night things, I take it on. But yeah. when people write horrible things, I'm just like, oh, whatever. It's yeah. funny, isn't it? And yet for some people, it's the opposite way around. They it take is. the negative. So you're meant to be able to be affected. Every negative, you need eight positives. Yeah. I'm like... Every positive outweighs 50 negatives. It's like, I just think the people, because I think it's really rare for people to be moved enough to write something nice. Most people who do something and think something nice don't feel moved to go and tell the person. So if you listen to this and you're like, oh, 
like one of our listeners are like, oh, it's like listening to me mum and dad. Or like, you're a bit like my mum and dad. By the way, we are willing to adopt anybody because I like big families yeah, yeah. and I've never been able to have a big family because I can't have children yeah. naturally. Maximum so, age of, uh, um, what's the maximum age of adoption? Under 25, ideally. Under 25, under, we'll post, millennial, post millennials, yeah, really, we'll under 25. You. We'll adopt you. Yeah. I, I like big families. If there's any lonely people out there, we're, we're well up for that. But they kind of said that and it's like, I'm like, oh my God, I love the idea they're listening to us in the car. And they think that we're a bit like their mum and dad <laughs> and that we make them feel that. And so every single comment, and it's even if we get lots of comments, even when I do something and I get lots of comments like on Twitter, I read every single one of them. Amazing. And the negative ones just whoosh over me. Yeah. And the positive ones, I'm like, oh my God, I love that positive. I think we're Isn't used it to weird? it. used to it now though. With the, um, when, I, when we first started ramping up sort of social media for a good few years back now, you know, <clears throat> It affected me a bit. It was like only was when like, only oh, when we had the Wikipedia breach. Yeah. You know, I um, have to hold myself back on Twitter though as well. You know, I get in trouble if I don't. Um, yeah, t- Pete tries to block everyone who says bad things, and I'm like, leave it, leave yeah. it. I'm Made you like, unblock people last night who you uh, blocked. So I was like, I don't. Thing, Emma doesn't, she doesn't block people. Don't block so, people. Yeah. I don't mind. Let yeah. them have them venting. Free, let them vent. Let them freedom of speech. So I mean, I, I, I wouldn't, I, by the way, if it was self harm. Yeah. If, I, if I felt like it was affecting me, I would let you do that and I would need you to do that. Yeah. It's different, but what I see is... One of the things that I was talking about earlier on and what, what kind of gets me is that that negative stuff, like the reason I don't block people is because I think that as long as you're aware of what's happening from the other side, it kind of helps you to figure out a way forward where you can all connect. Because I think like what I was saying to that therapist today and what I was trying to say to those trans they say critical people. I don't feel it like that. But okay, that's how they feel. They don't see it as trans hate. They see it as trans critical, right? And mm. they believe that they're doing it for the right reason. But what I was saying is you're so angry. I can't hear you if you're shouting at me. I can't listen to you if you're telling me what is wrong with me. Mm. I can't. Yeah, no. Because my instantaneous feeling as a human is to protect me and to defend me. And if you're shouting at me, <coughs> then I'm not going to hear you because you're pissing me off now. Yeah, yeah. And if you're telling me I'm wrong, then I'm going to form more arguments that say you're wrong and I'm right. So instead of making me hear what you say, I reject it. Yeah, yeah. Whereas when I allow people to be on there and I try not to challenge them in a negative way, I leave the door open so that they can come back. And one of them came back separately and emailed me separately and asked me some advice mm-hmm. and was then took herself out of the chain. Right. So that's enough. Yeah, yeah. That she has a child yeah. going Dis- through it. A discussion. She hasn't got a clue what to do. So she wanted me to connect with her and say things on, and I said no, and she got in touch with me and I've told her what I think. And I'm not saying that that will change her view of any of the other things, but it's changed her view of me. And she realises that that rhetoric's wrong. So I just kind of think that's how you have to do it. I, that Aesop's Fables, when I was a kid, my mum gave me a book of Aesop's Fables. Yeah, yeah. My sister and me had one. And anybody who's not heard of Aesop's Fables, because maybe you're under the age of 35, Aesop's Fables is basically a book of consequences, like a situation where you morally think about what behaviour can cause what response and consequence. Classic example is the boy who cried wolf. So the boy who cried wolf inevitably gets killed by a wolf. Happy ending, but because he kept lying, right? So yeah. teaches you not to lie. There's one where a fox has access to a gorgeous bunch of grapes, but he sees the grapes reflection in the water and looks at the grapes above and they look shinier in the water. So he concentrates his efforts on that. And anyway, obviously 
he tries to get the grapes in the tree and in the water and inevitably loses everything. So again, it's like, don't cover. So Aesop's Fables, when you were growing up, is like pretty important in that way. But the one that I quote in therapy and the one that I quote in relationship work, and actually when I'm talking about how to convince people of things, there's like the argument between the sun and the wind and it's a man is walking along and both the sun and the wind are having an argument about who's the most powerful, both agreeing that they are the most powerful. So the wind sets the sun a challenge and says, I will make him take his coat off. And the sun's like, cool, you go ahead and do that. And the guy just blows, the wind just blows and blows and blows the coat, blows the guy and all it does, the guy's so aware of the breeze that he pulls the coat tighter, tighter, tighter. So it becomes impossible for him to take that coat off. Whereas the sun just gently warms him. And in the end of his own volition, he takes the coat off. So the sun is the example of where you can meet to change your opinion. Mm -hmm. You might only ever get somebody to open the jacket a little bit wider and just let you in a little bit. But that means that that tight clenched position has has changed. Mm -hmm. And then from then, I can also relinquish some of mine. And so somehow we create balance and that's how change begins. And that's how change arrives. And that's how we make progress. It's fantastic, that. Thanks, Mum. But buy me that when I was a kid. I read them all and I know them all. Yeah. Still know them all. Brilliant. Still know them all. Yeah, I could sit and listen to that for ages. I like right. I, I used to. My, I had. We had so many few books yeah. when I was kicking them. Dad didn't have any money. Yeah, I've always said You'd be good at doing Jack and Ori. I'd love to do Jack and Ori. Yeah, she'd be great at Jack and Ori. And for anybody who doesn't know what Jack and Ori is, I'll do that on our app. When our app comes out, I'll have things like story time for kids. You know, relaxation. Yeah, we, I've started doing the hypnosis that. ones. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Watch this space, everybody. The hypnosis ones are brilliant. I'm actually currently hypnotized as I'm doing this because I've been, been hypnotized for six years. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. yeah. What's been happening to you anyway before we finish? What's been happening to me? Well, you know what? I'm going to go back to the Ammer thing, the hug. I seem to have got this new lease of um, energy within me to do things. It's bizarre. You're always pretty good at No, energy. I mean, like, um, normally I have little pangs where I'd be like, right, I've got to do it. Got to, you know, but, and now I'm just sort of like, I've got all these things in my head and I'm just sort of, I've just got this. I don't know, and I, I haven't thought anything of it, you see, but then when we started talking about the cuddle and you were feeling that and it like cleansing sort of thing, I wonder if it is something to do with that. Maybe I've just like, she's, whatever she said to me, it's just giving me this, got me sort of like, get up and go back, you know, to get things sorted bit by bit, not to do, not to start Overwhelm something. Overwhelm yourself. Yeah, not to start something and just leave it and then go and do something. And I'm, just, I'm trying to get bit by bit, get stuff doing. And I feel like I've got a massive list as long as my arm of things to do. Like I've even got, you know, things I've got to do today still and, you know, and it's, but then I, I'll do them and I can cut them off and then I can start again with another thing. I'll finish that and I'll get that. So I'm, I'm, I don't know, I just feel a little bit more... Inspired. Yeah. Pete has to be a stay-at-home dad, an editor, a filmmaker, <laughs> and he earns no money. <laughs> Work that one out for yourself. But yeah. genuinely, that's how it is. So he earns no money because he has to pay somebody else to work for me. And therefore, he basically earns nothing but runs our lives. So, if anybody wants to write any nice comments about Pete below, <laughs> particularly like, well done, I Pete. I don't need that. Well I'm done, right. Pete. I'm Hopefully, right. she won't end up just as bad as a mum. <clears throat> and just to finish on Don. Yeah, I was going to say, we need to, yeah, because you've already said, let's, 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 let's talk about Don. Don is, he's, it's, in, it's in the word of his name. He's the Don. <laughs> he is literally 25 now. He has literally gone from being delirious, starting world wars with time machines. Two, I am 25 again and I have got my mojo right back. It's really strange. So obviously he had a situation where he nearly died, then he went into delirium, went properly crazy, has been on antipsychotics, has come off them two weeks ago without telling anyone. <laughs> was like, I don't need these anymore. Is now back to fitness before and more. 
And the most amazing thing is, is like, I feel like I've been given a second chance. Uh, I feel so confident. I'm talking to people again. I feel like I'd lost yeah. this ability. This is as in pre him getting ill. He felt like he'd lost his confidence. He was feeling stressed. He was feeling anxious. And he's strutting around. And I went and spent some time in Basingstoke with him for Professor Hindley. I think I've told you on the particular vlog. And uh, I, I, this, um, this podcast that my dad um, was in hospital really sick and I was kind of a bit despairing. I found out about this treatment off my mum. I tweeted the guys who did this treatment and this professor got involved and was like, listen, talk to me, Emma, talk to me. And he called my parents, NHS, this is NHS, so just to put it out, this is in mm -hmm. private. Talk to me, Emma. He said, we've got some new treatments that I've very much pioneered. And he ran my parents, even when my dad was in delirium, was absolutely lovely to him, very understanding. And he just kind of ended the conversation to my dad the first time with, Mr. Taylor, everything's going to be all right. You're never going to have to worry about your prostate again. I can't tell you what procedure you're going to have, but the one that I give you, you'll be fine. So I felt reassured anyway, but it was a long journey down. We had to go to Basingstoke with my mum and dad. I was already in London. And this is just to say as well, this is really, really important because one of the things I learned the other day, going back to the initial beginning of this, I felt really depressed the other day. Depression is not something that I feel as a rule of thumb, anxiety is what I feel on a mental health level. And my anxiety, as I've said to you before, is something I just walk with. And I think most people are anxious these days. I genuinely do. I think if you say to most people, just suffer from anxiety, most people will hear, yeah. And I'm not going to say it's a debilitating condition because it isn't. I walk with her and she motivates me sometimes. She motivates me a lot, but she's always there. I have to kind of pat her on the head and go, not, not too much now, Emma, not too much. But that day, it just got out of control. And I got out of bed in the morning. It was four o'clock, because I always get up at four o'clock when I go to this morning, because I'm going out to London. And I just wanted to cry. And I didn't cry. I just got myself together. And I got myself out. And I got a taxi. I never get a taxi. But I got a taxi, because I was going to Basingstoke afterwards. So I didn't have to drive there. And the first time, I didn't talk to the cab driver. I always chat to the cab driver. But I didn't. I just thought, I haven't got the energy. And I just gave myself permission not to. And I apologized to him. I said, I'm really sorry. I'm really tired. And I'm not chatty. I said, but please don't take it personally. And he was like actually to be fair he didn't really understand what I said but I'm sure he would have if it was fine and I got there and I got on the train and I got myself comfortable and I fell asleep as I told you on the train yeah. and I got there I saw Penny Penny then sent me that lovely message yeah. which was really wonderful and I'll read it you just before we finish actually that message because I think it's really important for anybody out there but I did my bit on TV I went got in the cab it's Addison Lee and I got in there and there's this Really nice guy. We started having quite a political conversation. He's a mixed race boy, a triplet, a mixed race triplet. How amazing is that? Natural triplet. And we were talking about politics and how it, Brexit was affecting him. And he was kind of talking about how it had been being neither, as he considered, black nor white, but feeling really like London's an amazing place to grow up, whatever you are. And all these positives. And I was talking about venture capitalism funding, basically, and how even though it's really hard to be a person of colour, in those environments, it's even worse to be a woman. So we were laughing about the inequality yeah. in those kind of environments. And as I was doing that, I checked the train times from Basingstoke to London, London to Basingstoke, I should say. And every single one of them cancelled and there were problems on the line. And I was just sitting there and I was sitting there and I was like, oh my God. And he's like, you were right? I said, yeah. I said, I don't know what I'm going to do. I said, they've just cancelled every single train and it looks like they're going to be cancelled most of the day. And he just went, right, ring up this morning now. And he said, and just tell them that you're going to alter your trip. And I was like, I can't do that. It's basically so. He said, your job is to go there. Their job is to get you back to where you need to go. I'm going to change my direction now. So before I'd even done it, he said, I'm changing my direction now. We're going to Basingstoke, get it confirmed. And, and I did it. And I'd never do that. I'd never have asked. And he saw that I didn't look okay. Yeah, yeah. And he saw that he could make that better. 
And then he got me to Basingstoke and then I left my charger in the car and he came back after half an hour to give me because I'd rang up. I didn't ask them to do that, but he said, no, I want to go and give her. And he got my number and he texted me and he texted me later on and he just said, are you okay? Mm. And I was like, yeah, but I'd had a really bad day and thank you. And he just went, you've always got my number. I'll always be your Addy Lee driver. Oh. And it's daft, but you know, gifts like, yeah, yeah. oh my God, that was such a gift in that circumstance such a simple thing and it was that recognition of I don't ask for help yeah. I'm constantly tell people to ask for I never go oh I'm really struggling today and the thing is everybody I said I'm struggling to like I texted Siobhan I'm having a bad day today Siobhan you know without judgement straight away she texts back do you, want, do you want to talk and daft things for anybody out there who probably does this all the time but I don't do that and then yesterday I got a phone call <laughs> off a friend who I don't see who's having a bit of a problem who asked whether she could talk to me on a professional basis. And I was like, no, because I'm your friend, so I can't talk to you, but I can happily talk to you about your issues. And she had exactly the same feelings. And like, I thought, oh my God, there you go. Like the synergy of other people, completely different situations, women who are successful, all feeling the same. And then suddenly you go, can we talk? And you're like, yeah, and I'm here. Yeah, yeah. And then you're like, boom, we can, we can do this. And I think that one of the things that that low spot has taught me is just like, don't stay there if you're the one heaping the coal on your head, yeah, yeah. climb out. And the just needed to say, so my dad, after meeting me in Basingstoke, after I felt so much better and so much more equipped yeah. to deal with it. My brother came as well. Me and my brother stayed in a twin room together. How 1980s is that? And um, we went to the hospital. We're treated at Basingstoke NHS, like it's the Hampshire NHS Trust. Absolutely brilliantly like everybody was yeah. my dad had burnt his hand the night before they took him to a place and made him have it dressed you know yeah. things that we weren't even there for we were seen on time we were taken in the guy had a video to show us he told my dad exactly what he was doing my dad was brilliant with him my dad feels dead confident we went upstairs got the pre-op it took an hour he loved shona the nurse yeah. shout out to shona hamster nhs who did my dad's pre-op and he looks amazing and feels yeah. amazing obviously that means that my mum is now being uber critical of everything he does thanks Kay. but it's just our makeup I'm going to have to work on mine because I literally am becoming her. On a positive <laughs> note, she's a size six. So maybe it's not all bad getting older like Kay. But um, yeah, so that's kind of where it is. But I think it'd be nice to just kind of write, like read the thing yeah, that I was saying. Yeah, nice um, to finish off on, wouldn't it? Yeah, so there's a woman called Penny who is basically the counsellor at this morning. So the ITV have a staff. Um, she lives in the ITV department at this morning. She's also a, a very, very, very um, devoted Christian, but she doesn't let that interfere with anybody who has different beliefs, but she kind of is a really lovely person. And um, Penny listens to everybody's problems, but I don't see her about that. I usually just go for a natter. But for whatever reason, I walked past her office on Monday, knowing I was going to Basingstoke and feeling a little bit distressed, even though not necessarily obviously. And she just said, hi, how are you? And she said, that was a really great phone-in. And she said, I wish that you were here every day. She said, I love listening to your phone-ins. I always know it. I can take the foot off the pedal and stop worrying and just let you do it. And I just said, God, today, Penny, that was really, really important for me. Like, I uh, mm. just want to say thank you because it's a bit of a gift for me today, that. And she just kind of cocked her head and said, are you okay? And I just said, no. I said, things are challenging right now, but I'll be okay. I said, but what you just said was massively helpful. Thank you. Walked out. And the next day I got sent this and she wrote, I found this poem by Hafiz. I thought of you and wanted to send it. And it says, I wish I could show you when you are lonely or in the darkness, the astonishing light of your own being. Fear is the cheapest room in the house. I would like to see you living in better conditions. 
ever since happiness heard your name, it's been running through the streets trying to find you. I just thought, I like that. I'm going to reread that. It is. Yeah. So remember that, guys, the astonishing light of your being, because often we fail to see it. Thanks for joining us. Absolutely. Another Making Sense of It. We'll see you next week. Bye.